You're now tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands Good morning, K-Man. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Can you believe that it's like the end of April already? Friday is the 30th. I cannot believe it. I don't know about you guys, but wow, this year is just flying by. What can I say? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's get it. Uh... Let me just send out my little reminders to people in the WhatsApp group. We're going to talk about, amongst other things today, ministerial accountability. The government has announced who the ministers will be. So we're going to talk about it. 
All right, give me one second here, good folks. I see somebody messaging me about some lost keys. Um, okay, so I will link you after the show. Don't forget, folks. Ah. Uh, oh, got reports this morning of dogs getting bad treatment. So I need to report that to the authorities. Can I just tell you guys, I get the most interesting messages sometimes that sometimes I don't even know what to say. Um, not a counselor, but uh, I think sometimes people think I am. And so they come a calling. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But listen to this recent phone call that I got. This woman calls me, asks me what to do about her husband. I'm like, your husband? Yeah, because he is into all sorts of shenanigans and he's always talking about his ex and I'm like, Lord have mercy. Folks, if I knew what to do about your husband, that would be... That would be quite the, quite the advice I could give you. I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's very, very challenging and difficult for me to tell you what to do in your personal life. Interesting that I should get the requests, yes, but I'm not sure I'm the right person that you should be asking about what to do with your husband. Honestly. So um, I never know how to respond to those questions. All I can tell you is if I were in the situation, perhaps what I would be minded to do. And you know, we always, uh, I have to be so cautious. This never say never. We learned that during the election because you never know what life is gonna throw your way and force you to make a decision. So interestingly enough, um, it seems like what's upsetting that particular lady is that the husband keeps talking about her ex or his ex. And I said, well, why is he talking about her? She's like, she, every single day he's bringing up the ex-wife. It's a bit strange for your husband to be talking about his ex-wife, to be quite honest. I'm not sure what that's all about, but people need to have a conversation and when I say conversation, I don't mean yelling at the husband to tell him to stop talking about his wife because you think she's a hoe. That's probably not the right conversation to have. Like those are the conversations you have with your girlfriend. Like, oh yeah, I think my husband's ex is like this, that, and the next thing. With him, who knows, folks, he might still be up in his feelings. Good morning, Anthony, Marshall, Leroy. Morna, Olivia, David, thank you for tuning in. Chanel is here, good morning. Yes, we got another wonderful show ahead. Good morning, Leanne. Uh, good morning, Audrey. What's up you? Okay, let me make a note, Miss Audrey, because child, if I don't write it down, I will probably forget. So we got Audrey. 
6572. Okay, 922. Yes. 92265. Doesn't look like I have you in my chat log. So I'll have to add you or you can WhatsApp me as well. Uh, so what do you guys think when people ask you for marital advice? What do you say? Larry, good morning. Thank you so much. 50 degrees in Bronxville, New York. Sounds like it's warming up to me. Miss Donna is here. Good morning, John. How are you? Louisa, thank you. 57 in Detroit, getting to 81 degrees today. I was looking around to see if I picked up those lovely handmade pieces, Louis, but it looks like I left them in the other room. Felicia, good morning. Charlene, Leroy, Primrose, do you guys ever give marital advice? This is a question I have for you. I try not to give it because people are so weird when it comes to their spouses. And the thing is, you can probably agree with me, Miss Beulah and Siobhan. Hi, Carol. You just don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So that's why I'm also hesitant to really speak to anyone. They give you a 30 second explanation or maybe two minutes of what is happening from their perspective. But that certainly doesn't mean that I know what's really going on in the marriage. So um, it's really, really challenging uh, based on that to give people advice. But you know what? Probably the best advice that I could give people other than like talk to each other, try to communicate. Because sometimes we don't always know how to do that. It depends on your skill set and the skill set of the spouse and kind of where you're coming from. But sometimes you got to get professional help. You got to get professional counseling. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Leroy says box is like a Life is like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. And that's true, right? Carmely, good morning. Good morning to Sarah. Uh, I was just listening to National Public Radio as I was getting ready this morning. Kathy and Dane are here. Good morning, Megan. And I was finding out that CVS Pharmacy in the States is starting to open in-house um, counseling aisles or, you know, like they're going to have a counselor in the store. So it was like, go to aisle one to pick up your shampoo, go to the pharmacy to pick up your makeup. And then an aisle three or somewhere else in the store, there's going to be a professional therapist available for you. And of course, one of the issues is during COVID, a lot of people needed mental health um, assistance. And it was really, really hard to get an appointment, impossible. Like one lady was saying how she made an appointment for a month and then that got pushed back. It was like another month. And she was thinking, what if I was suicidal and I really needed this appointment today? You know, for someone to talk you out of a crazy situation, you wouldn't be able to get it because there's such a long waiting list. And then there's complex issues with uh, mental health, insurance coverage, even in the US, they haven't quite got it right. Counseling tends to be very expensive and the insurance companies quite honestly don't want to pay for it, which is crazy. So these are not things that we struggle with just in the Cayman Islands, but uh, elsewhere around the world as well. So I think we could learn from all of those things. Sky says, say nothing because when they get back together, you'll be the bad person. Send them to professional. I agree. 
I am so not into giving you marital advice. But it's just so interesting. Happy Tuesday, Oscar. It's just so interesting the things that people will tell me, a practical stranger, <laughs> about their personal lives. Um, <laughs> Louis says, I would tell them if they're still married, let's see what tomorrow brings. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I think sometimes people just want to listen, just do want you to listen. But um, sometimes, you know, people do ask you for advice. So Sarah, we're going to talk about that because we need to talk about uh, ministerial responsibility and why I think that decision was made. Richie, good morning to you. Rosie says the three C's of marriage, compatibility, commitment, and compromise. Wow, Rosie, I love that. And can we add a fourth C, communication? Because you can have all of that, and if you're not communicating, then it's just going to go down the drain. But I love that you put compatibility first because I'm going to tell you guys a little bit of story, a personal story. So my very first boyfriend was from Sri Lanka. I think I told you guys this before. And uh, we were in university together. And you know, you're so excited to have a boyfriend, like your first boyfriend. And you do everything together. You go out on dates. And you know, you're going to go and play tennis together. We used to do everything together. He was a really nice guy. And he used to say to me, uh, coming from a very different culture, that... Um, you know, in their culture, they have a lot of times arranged marriages. And I thought, oh, who has an arranged marriage? Like that just doesn't sound right. You know, in the Western culture, we're all about love at first sight and oh, you fall in love with somebody and they're great and this and that. And you know, we wanna choose who we're gonna fall in love with. So one day we were having a conversation about relationships and he said to me, you know, one of the reasons that arranged marriages work is there is that normally there's that compatibility factor. So you take away the motion of having the young person choose who they want to be with and who they're going to fall in love with. Although I think that's a very powerful uh, sentiment, a very powerful feeling. The families will pick someone with very similar backgrounds. So similar education, similar financial um you know, economic situation, uh, similar religion, similar family vibes or whatever. Um, in countries that have a caste system, they don't normally arrange you with someone outside of your caste. You're going to stay in your place. And the more I thought about it, I could see at some level where it actually made some logical sense. So think about it. What are all of the things that when you get into a relationship that are difficult that you end up fighting about? It's all of those things like money is a big one, finances, you know, one person has money, one person doesn't have money, you have a different view on money, uh, family, discord, uh, you don't have things in common, he likes to do one thing, you like to do something else. So that whole compatibility, I'm so glad that Rosie mentioned that, <clears throat> that whole compatibility factor is largely addressed, believe it or not, in arranged marriages. You know, they're not gonna put opposites together. They're gonna put people together who, maybe they grew up their entire lives knowing each other, maybe their families know each other, like they try to, you know, sometimes it does come down to money, depending on the family, 
but they try to put people together, children together who are like similar age. So there's not the eight big age difference, you know, all of these types of things that kind of make logical sense. And then he said to me one day that you could learn to love someone. And I thought, what? You can't learn to love someone. And he said, yes, of course you can. If you get into an arranged marriage and you have all these things that you're not fighting about and you're just getting to know that person, you can learn to love someone. And I thought, huh. So is love really something that is somewhat in my control? Like you decide, it's like waking up every day. I'm gonna, um, you know, yesterday, um, my we had a teacher parent conference for my daughter and they're like you know we're teaching the kids to be kind and we say to them every morning you wake up you have a choice to be nice to everyone or not to be nice so what are you guys going to choose today and they say we're going to choose to be nice because all four and a half year olds want to be nice to everybody and um i'm thinking the same thing you can choose to love someone this is what he said to me many many years ago i was like really young, 18, 19 years old. And he's like, you can choose or learn to love someone. And I thought, that's interesting. It's not really what we grow up like seeing in the movies and what we think or how we think it works. But at some level, it kind of makes sense. And Rosie, when you talked about compatibility, you definitely reminded me of that situation where you can learn to love someone. Good morning. Uh, Colleen, she says, the Salbeda gave marital advice in Ireland. I don't know who that is. Where, where is that? Marshall says, if it's not working out, get a divorce. <laughs> Good morning, Elizabeth. Good morning, Alice. Good morning to Miss Morna. Hi, Gigi. Um, Louis says, yes, it's an emotion and it can be learned. Well, I tell you what, after that, I think I did start to approach relationships a little bit differently. Good morning, Miss Joy going forward. So do you think you can learn to love someone? But yeah, I had, I had a different viewpoint then of arranged marriages. I thought maybe there's some logic to this that I haven't really been thinking about. Darlene, yes, I believe the Bible refers to it as equal yoke. Absolutely. And that, that brings forward the whole concept of compatibility. And so you've got to make sure that you're choosing people that you have some level of compatibility with. Good morning, Miss Ravina, Miss Verin. A lot of people say opposites attract. Yes, opposites attract, like scientifically. But the question when it comes to relationship is how long does that last for? That's the real question. You can have opposites attract. You know, you got the nice little church girl and she's attracted to the bad boy. But how long is that realistically going to last for? You know, after like the first year, she's done with the bad boy attitude. And she's like, you need to go to church with me. And he's like, no, you married a bad boy. What am I going to church with you for? And so these are the important things, I think, when you're talking about relationships of any kind, really, even just friendships, that you need to be careful. Um, the other thing is we're not getting into a really big relationship discussion, but I thought we could just touch on it briefly. The other thing, even with friendships, this concept of equal yoke and people who are prepared and willing to give, you know, in a relationship is really, really important. 
Because if you have one person who's the giver, they're giving everything, time, you know, emotional investment, all this stuff. And the other person is that just they're seeping it out of you and taking it. Well, Lord knows that's not a balanced situation at all. So I think equal yoke can mean so many different things and it can be interpreted in so many different ways. So Flashpoint says relationships these days are largely transactional. You know what, Flashpoint? I'm going to say this because I think that's a very interesting comment. And I don't think it's necessarily untrue, but I think relationships have always been transactional. So when you look at the history of relationships, traditionally, you didn't marry for love at all, even in our culture. But of course, now, you know, we've romanticized love. We've got the Casanova story as their backdrop. And we think, right, that, you know, that's what we all that's the epitome of love. And that's what we all try to aim for. But before that concept, uh, love and relationships and marriage was all transactional. Like you really, um, you know, you married to get a house and have children and uh, give the man an heir to whatever his lineage was whether it was the richest people, kings and queens, they were all marrying. It was transactional. Most of them had never met each other. They didn't love each other. It was just like, okay, you get a week of courtship and um, you're going to marry this person. So a lot of relationships historically were all transactional. That's what it was about. I think it's only in recent times that we understand this concept of uh, love being the person's choice and they choosing who they wanna be with. You made those choices on behalf of society and behalf of your family and so on. So, you know, we now look at other cultures who still engage in arranged marriages and we think, oh, that's so weird, why are they doing that? But the truth of the matter is it wasn't that long ago that the Western culture was also very much engaged in that sort of thing. So Louis says, what's the meaning of love is a good question. Opposites attract and stay together if they are a magnet. Yes, and human beings, unfortunately, are not magnets. Um, thank you for the information, Tom and Maria. Um, offer marriage and count marriage counseling through Family Foundation on the Island. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, I think that um, you know, at the end of the day, we can all use counseling on occasion. And so, if you need advice, I'm not the right person to call. Not on marriage, for sure. People call me, but other sources of advice. Uh, there's a lady who had her uh, wallet go missing for a minute in one of the stores, a local um, mom and pop store. And then when she called the police, it was finally found, but the money was gone. That's the kind of advice I can give you and exactly what you need to do. Recover that CCT footage ASAP. So Vern says that some men just don't know how to appreciate the woman God placed in their life until they're gone. Yes, that happens a lot for both men and women. And you know what? If someone doesn't appreciate you, then I think that that's probably not a great relationship for you. Like you shouldn't be working overtime to get someone to appreciate and value you. If they don't see your value, honey, trust me, the only person that needs to see it is you. And then you just keep it moving. Larry says you can't choose to fall in love. That's why they say falling. I don't know. I don't know, Larry. I think it's more of a choice than we're willing to admit. Good morning, Odette. 
Louise says agape love is from God and everything else is conditional. But isn't God's love also conditional? Right? God has actually put some conditions on his situation as well. <laughs> I mean, you got to be willing to follow the good book and to repent and to come to him and surrender yourself. So if that's the case, I dare say that all love is conditional at some level. Might be different types of condition, but there you have it. Good morning again. Um, Flashpoint says marriages historically were always, were mostly arranged and men uh, could have many wives. Um, the idea of one man and one woman is relatively new. Yes, but it's so interesting that despite the fact that it's relatively new in this society, for example, we think that that's how it's always been. And we have a constitution based on marriages between one man and one woman. And historically, that hasn't been the case at all. Uh, Louis says he'll give you advice on the dog, but nothing else. Good morning, Donovan, joining us in New York. How are you? Has the former Minister of Health finished paying you your pension yet, Donovan? We're all curious to know. Uh, Miss Donna says, Sandra, you're so wise. Oh, thank you. I've always felt like I've been a little old lady caught in somebody else's body at some times. Like even when I was a kid, people were like, you're so, you're wiser beyond your years. And um, I don't really know why that is. I feel like I've had a little bit of an older soul at some point. Donovan says, nope, still waiting on his money. Dwayne Seymour, pay the man. Like it's been years. This is just ridiculous now. Pay up, pay up. So good morning, Ms. Beverly's joining us from Florida. So let's talk a little bit about politics. Um, you know, one of the amazing things about this show is I love the fact that we can literally talk about anything. It doesn't have to be just about politics. It doesn't just have to be relationships or whatever. I think we can just glide right into one thing from one thing to the next. And that's why I love you guys as an audience because you're here for it, first of all. And um, you really enjoy different conversations. It is straight talk. I'm straight talk. Before I didn't slip, that used to be, that was the first show I had. This one is a cold hard truth. Um, but yes, I think that a lot of people appreciate uh, these conversations because we are holistic individuals, right? So we are not just interested in politics. We are people who are interested in all sorts of different things in life. And I think that's wonderful. And why not? We're very complex people. I'm I keep saying this. Um, Gabri says that the lockdown challenged everyone's marriage and the divorce rate even went up afterwards. Well, we have a very high divorce rate here on this island, at least 50%, if not more. I think that that's the official divorce rate, but if you look at the people who are like out there with side pieces and cheating and wives who just live their own lives and look the other way and make the man have all these extracurricular relationships, we probably have like a 75% divorce rate if we include all those other relationships. So in other words, people just fronting like they're married, but they're not really married. I mean, they're married in law, but they're still acting like a single man or woman. 
Someone divulged a relationship to me the other day that I was really surprised at. I had no idea that this one was popping off because, you know, we hear a lot of gossip about who's seeing who and who's sleeping with who. And um, so on Saturday, I had a little friend who had had a few drinks. This is why I stay sober because then I get all the tea. And uh, I'm like, hmm, mental note. Okay, then. So they mentioned a certain judge who's having a relationship with somebody who's the CEO of a company. And that person, the judge isn't married, but the man is married. And then he was having a relationship with somebody else that works as his PA. And I thought to myself, how complicated does this get exactly? So the PA knows about the, the other woman now, the judge girlfriend, and he has a wife. So that's like three women, okay? So I don't know what the wife's story is. Maybe she's just like, let him do whatever he wants. I don't care because with the PA, he's that's a long-standing relationship. They've been cheating for years and everybody knows it. All these nice trips and private jets and the most, right? So I think now, let me try to understand how this works. Um, you're the side piece because if you ain't married to the person, that's what you are. And so then he gets a side piece on the side piece. So how does that make side piece number one feel? Surely you've got to be sitting there thinking, dude, I've been your side piece for five years, 10 years, whatever it's been. And now you're going to go and get somebody else on me? No, sir. Let me tell you. Them the things that make you go, huh? Honey, child. No, darling, I can't deal with that stress. I don't even know how men have the time. I mean, how can you entertain? Because relationships are a lot of work. Maybe that's because he's not really putting in the effort he's splitting between three women. You know, if he put all that into the wife, things would be like really popping off. But he just wants to have multiple cakes. It's like a buffet. He wants to go to the buffet and eat from all of the buffet. Yes. It's just crazy. So what is even more interesting is when the side piece has some sense of entitlement. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, I got to fix my little Cayman. Um, my little Cayman Islands. There we go. So what's even more interesting is when the side piece gets upset. I'm like, how can you be the side piece and get upset about anything? Because first of all, as the saying goes, a man that will cheat with you will cheat on you. We all know that saying. And there's another saying that how you get them is how you're going to lose them. So most people accept that if you're cheating with someone and that's how you got them, chances are they're just a cheater. Maybe you're a cheater too. I don't know. It depends on the details. But yes, honey, that's an entanglement times two. But, you know, if someone is going to be cheating with you, they're going to cheat against you and they're going to find somebody else. So I don't know why the side piece would be surprised, number one. And number two, upset. That's the man that you found. You found a man who was willing to cheat with you as his PA on his wife. Taking you on trips and hiding you and all this kind of stuff. So now he's found somebody else. He's actually stepping up because he's going to go with someone from the judiciary. Mm, honey, child, you can't compete with that position. And now you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be upset about this. The only question I had was as his PA, 
Does he ask you to book like dates and stuff for him? You guys know I'm being so shady, but I'm, I mean, it's a legit question. Does he say, um, honey child, um, can you uh, book a dinner date? I need a present. Can you go shop for it? Like, like how far does this guy go with his appointments? Like, what if, what if she calls during the day when he's at work and you answer the phone and you know, that's the, that's side piece number two. Do you give her an attitude on the phone? Are you like, what are you call my man for? She's like, your man, that's my man. I don't know how, I don't know the logistics of how you wrap your mind around that. But anyway, um, yes, Irvelyn, what a mess. Robin is like, Lord have mercy. Um, men and women with wealth and power have options. Well, apparently they're not the only ones that have options. Chantel says, can you give me a gentle smile at the fact that they replaced the former male health minister with his female version? We're going to go through the list and I, I want to see why you think that's his female version. That's kind of a weird Chanel. That's a weird comment that I feel like it needs some explaining. Kenneth says, I found that out the hard way. This is a pirate island. Yes, people will poach your spouses and significant others. Um, I don't know if that's a situation where they always say there's a man shortage on this island. And I'm not so sure if that's really what we can use to explain it. Or if we just grew up in a society, because as long as I can remember, y'all been cheating. Fathers, grandfather, you know, all the long story, all the long stories, right? And um, people having children that they couldn't own back in the day. You know, um, maybe they were like, the, they came out the wrong color because they were seeing the, the helper or somebody else in the neighborhood. And so if they had a certain name, they could never clean that child and pass that name onto them. You know, it was only in recent times since I returned to Cayman. So maybe it was like the early 2000s or thereabouts. Edna Memorial, I believe, passed the this law, she's one of the ones that was um, pushing for it, where an illegitimate child could actually seek to get something from their parents' estate. So again, this is amazing, but people in this island have been having illegitimate children forever. So if the man was married, he had an outside child, up until more recent times, that outside child had no entitlement to his estate when he passed away. Can you believe that? And then it was like, this can't be right because you have a lot of children who are being disenfranchised. Not only did you have a lot of children being disenfranchised, but you had people going to desperate measures to prove who they were for. Like the man is in the funeral home and people are going and plucking his hair to then be able to go get a DNA test to prove that that dead man is my daddy. And he just happens to have a certain merchant name so I want what's mine. And it was like, wow, that's crazy that a child would even have to do that. But this was the reality of what has been going on in Cayman for a very long time. You know, when these older heads be like, oh, you, you young people, so this and that. I'm like, irks, pump the brakes, old people. 
Now that you're old and you can't do nothing, you want to pretend like, you know, you're the Holy Grail. But there's a lot of explaining on this island that you would have to do. How people become double first cousins and all sorts of mess that's been going on here that for a long time, nobody wanted to talk about. No one wants to talk the truth, the hard, the cold hard truth of that. So Vern says, as a man, I'll never have two women at the same time. Like I said, I don't know how most men can handle two women at the same time, but boy, they sure try. There was someone who overheard her former leader said that he needs four women at one time. I was like, wow, you got time to run a country and have four women at one time? You, are, you got some stamina, my boy. Woo, that is some hot stuff right there. Gigi says the first year of marriage is the hard one, but if you put God first, everything will work out perfect. There's no such thing as perfect though. I'm not buying that one, Gigi. Every person is different and that's why it will work out perfect. Positive plus negative, black, white, red, black. She says it doesn't matter. I don't know, Gigi. I actually think the first year is probably the easiest because you're still in the honeymoon phase and um, everyone is like, I still love you and you're so beautiful. It's when reality sets in, bills start coming in, you start having children, you got a parent, then you realize, ooh, we've got different parenting styles and we've never had that conversation about how we're going to parent, you know? Um, we've never had conversations about, I don't know, dealing with life as we get older and all these other things. So a lot of relationships have cracks in them from very early on, but we patch them up, we glue them up, and we just pretend like they're not there. And so, of course, you know what happens when you, um, <laughs> Johan, good morning to you, my friend. You know what happens when you um, actually ignore problems? This is something as a country we could learn no problem ever resolves itself. Nothing fixes itself. You've got to proactively work on it and fix it. And that includes marital problems, problems as a country, problems in friendships, in institutions, in schools, everything. So ignoring a problem doesn't make it go away. Good morning, um, Sue. Yes, Johan says, not sure of today's topic, but this is educational. Sandra is in full shrink mode. <laughs> These are some of the honest truths that a lot of times we don't want to talk about. Elizabeth says, your daddy ain't your daddy, but your daddy don't know. Whoa, it's me. That's a song. And that has been the reality for a lot of Caymanians. Now, I got to tell you one thing. Somebody said to me just this past weekend, uh, I think that was at Pedro... Uh, when I went to that event on Saturday afternoon, someone said, oh my gosh, you look just like your father, Mr. Urich. I said, yes, I get that a lot. He, um, I guess he couldn't deny me even if he wanted to. But I said, do you know that I have an older sister named Melrose from Northside and she looks even more like my father? And this guy was like, Melrose, who the heck is Melrose? He didn't know about Melrose, only knew about my three the three of us, right? With my mom, I said, yeah, I've got a much older sister and she is the spitting image. Like people think I look like him and I think I do. Uh, I've got the big buggy eyes. You know, he gave me those eyes and other features. But Melrose, like if I never saw a photo of my dad again, all I have to do is look at Melrose. She looks just like Yurik Solomon, seriously. 
So sometimes genetically, you can't necessarily deny someone, but um, there were still people doing it. Uh, Frank reminds us that this was a slave society and nothing much happened after that in regards to unions. So yeah, you know, like I said, I understand sometimes the logistics of being in close quarters with someone and how you start to maybe have feelings for the maid who technically was the slave of the house, the domestic help or whatever. And then somehow you end up in bed with her and had all these children. Uh, there was another man, you know, when you go, parties are so interesting. And I enjoy parties because I'm like a people watcher and I don't drink. So when people start drinking, I get to hear all the side conversations. So someone was saying to me, there's a man at one of these parties. He's there with another woman, his wife. And someone said, oh, you know, that man has like 16 children or 13 children, some large amount of children. I was like, really? And they said, yeah, he even had children with the helper. I was like, oh yes, I've heard of him. And now I was remembering who he was. And um, I said, wow, you look at him now, you don't even think he's capable of being, like that's some hot tamales right there, right? So, you know, they were saying to me, yeah, back in the day it was so interesting because literally all the children like back to back, like you know that six week window that you're supposed to relax after you've had a baby? No sex during that time, you're just taking care of your newborn, you're breastfeeding. Like five times in a row, the wife would get pregnant within that six week window. <laughs> so this, they, were, they were obviously not waiting, right? And um, so I get to hear all these little interesting side conversations and I do find them very, very interesting. Louis says, what is interesting, um, mostly women, what mostly women people will put up with based on money status, a poor man cheats, they will break up. But if a rich man don't do that for the most part. Yes, money, uh, Atlas, good morning. Uh, we will not write you up, you'll get a pass today. Money does make a lot of people turn a blind eye. So I did think about that, Louis, because I thought if this man wasn't a CEO and didn't have this position and this salary or whatever, would that wife still be there? Probably not. If we had to be honest, I think money makes a lot of us um, reconsider. Because you're like, listen, maybe this is how women look at it. Maybe they are men. You know, both sexes cheat. This is the logic, Louis. People think, right, I live in a culture Caribbean culture, where everybody's cheating pretty much, 75% of people out there cheating and having these side relationships. So even if I'm poor, you know, I got to put up with um, the shenanigans. But at least if he has money, I can live a comfortable life. I can be in a comfortable home. And yes, you get these benefits because they're still thinking to myself, to themselves, rich or poor, he's going to cheat. At least if he's got some money, I can live comfortably. But I don't know, because we also live in a society where everybody's judging you, right? Flashpoint says most marriages are just legalized prostitution. Whoa. Once the money stops flowing, divorce proceedings get started. This is what I'm saying, Flashpoint, is I do think there is a little bit of a point there for sure. But think about this, right? Hypothetically speaking, say that I was the premier's wife. And say, say hypothetically, just as not this premier, former premier, Alvin McLaughlin, hypothetical. He's no longer the premier. Say he was out there um, cheating on me with uh, a woman from Columbia. And just say hypothetically, he got this woman from Columbia pregnant. And hypothetically, the entire community is talking about it and everybody knows. So I'm sitting there because I'm the premier's wife. I'm Sandy. 
McLaughlin, the premier's wife. What are you looking at me for? I'm living a fabulous life and I get all the perks of going to these events and whatever. Say I'm into all that, right? Do I not realize that when people see me in the community, you know, we're supposed to be, oh, people, you want to think that people respect you at some level, but do people really respect you when they know, they all know, and you, you have to know, because at some point it becomes interesting when you say, well, the wife doesn't know. And I think, how can she not know when everybody else knows? Surely someone has told her or she has smelt a whiff of perfume when you come home from country every night or something. Are you sleeping on the sofa talking about you got a bad back when we know that's really not the situation during COVID or whatever, all hypotheticals here. So I'm thinking to myself, um, if you know and you have no self-worth, because pretty much that's what it comes down to when you may allow someone else to cheat on you and you accept it. Not for all the money in the world, could you possibly think that that's okay. You know what I mean? Like at some point I get it, Flashpoint. I totally understand what you're saying. Louis says a lot of people just start off on the wrong foot. They're not being real from the word jump. Um, yes, <laughs> Irvelyn and Puntus picked up on my people watcher comment. Yes, I love to watch people gel. I love to sit back and see who's dancing with who, who's had one too many drinks and lifting that leg up a little bit too high for a 65 year old woman. And uh, yeah, people watching your fun. Bobby, we're going to get to that next. Don't you worry. Um, so yes, all of these things to me are, are very, very interesting. I think to myself, wow, it must be, the money must be good. The lifestyle must be good. The... Um, I guess the prestige must be good. Like, I don't know. All of these things have to make some sense in order for you to stick with it, right? Am I right or am I right here? Uh, by the way, Elizabeth says, where's Alden? I don't know. Leroy says, Alden, dead old. <laughs> Alden is in his feelings. He did not show up to work on Friday. And I'm going to be keeping an eye on him in the backbenchers. Uh, I see where minister, former minister and now leader of the opposition, Mr. Roy McTaggart said, we're going to be a formidable opposition. Well, I sure hope so, because they're paying you enough money to at least do that. So we're looking forward to that. We're looking to you being a formidable opposition. Now, let me quite explain that a formidable opposition doesn't mean you do what you did last week, Wednesday. Okay. Were you just causing trouble? just for the sake of causing trouble. So you're trying to put Barbara in a position that number one, she's not qualified for. Everybody know Barbara can't talk. So why are you pushing her to be speaker of the house? Only God knows. And deputy speaker. Everyone who was there, right? When it came to um, them putting forward the name for the premier, we're all holding her breath like, <gasps> is the opposition going to actually say, oh no, we're putting forward Roy McTaggart? to be the premier because what they had just done was so ridiculous and they wasted tons of time and forced the LA to do a count. The other thing about Roy that you might've missed is during that session, this ring in ceremony, everything he was going to do, he was looking to low Alden over here, Mr. Puppet master to get instructions from. So he turned and Alden, give him the nod. Alden's a Don. He's like, um, 
Mac Daddy, go ahead, Roy. You got my permission. You do your thing. And I was like, Lord, if he had been premier, what a mess we were going to be in. Puppet strings, pull you this way. It was like, no, we did not need that situation. So he's, Alvin is sitting on the back bench, except he didn't show up on the back bench. So like I said, we are curious to see how that will play out. Alden, be nice now. Do your job on the opposition. Don't be trying to juke the people. Because Sammy probably coming back for you in four years. And he, listen, don't knock Sammy, you know. This little COVID thing might have saved the PPM. Uh, although that's had a lot of cracks in it. But you're not going to have COVID come 2025. Michelle says you can learn a lot about from just observe, observing people. Yes. You actually can, trust me. It's interesting. And I pick up on a lot of the nuances that maybe some other people just don't even see, but I, I see a lot, John. Uh, there's a certain person, I'll give you an example of what I picked up on, that was very, very interesting. So you know we had some people who during the uh, week after the election were jumping over to the opposition. They shall remain nameless because we've already talked about them. And I noticed now that when they show up to events with the independents, the leader, uh, Mr. Wayne Panton is being inclusive. He's like, okay, you can be involved and we want you to be involved and that sort of thing. But I think in their heart of hearts, they know that they did wrong. And so you kind of see them being very, or maybe this is just their personality. I don't really know quite yet in public but they just kind of, they're standoffish. Like they will sit over in the corner with just the spouse and a committee member when everybody else is like mingling and talking and moving from one table to the next. One thing a politician should never be is standoffish. So if you got in to the world of politics, not realizing what it was all about, I need to loan you a couple of my books because believe me, you, you need to get with the program. You will be a one-term MP. And that's it. So you can't be standoffish. You can't be afraid of people. You've got to be able to mingle and talk to people. Walk around and say, hi, listen, when I go, I'm not a politician, but when I go out and even in my position, everybody says, hi, I make sure I say hi to people. Even if I'm like thinking about something else, good morning, good afternoon. Hello. It takes me an hour to go out to go to the grocery store when I only went there for milk and bananas because walking down and up and down the aisle I got people saying hi I had a young lady big shout out to this young lady she came up to me yesterday oh, are you uh, Miss Sandy from Kim and Mallory and I'm like yes and she gave me a big hug you got to make time for people and it's just a part of you know we live in a small community already and so that's my advice if you're a politician don't be standoffish with people don't be sitting over in a little corner with just the two of you when everybody else is mingling, talking. Get up and walk around and get to know people. You decided to throw your hat in as MP, so it is what it is. I got a little special surprise for you guys. Look at that. 390 of you are going to get a treat this morning. Go tell your friends real quick so they can all log on. Um, it just went up to 391, you see? You're going to get a treat this morning that no one else in the Cayman Islands can bring you. Are you guys ready for it? What is your hand saying? FYI, they say hi, because most people, they're deathly afraid you blow them up and CMR. 
No, Johan, they love to say hi just because. Just because. All right, you guys ready for a little surprise guess? I wish that we could do like a little reveal screen. All right, but here we go. Countdown, Irvlin's ready. Louie is ready. Punctus, yes, yes, hold up the paper, hold up the paper. Do it again, all right, all right, hold on. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Don't bring that, any guesses as to um, who this is? Charm, you just gave me an idea. Let's do a quick little contest. If you can guess who this is with me right now, um, they're hiding their face, you will get a mug. You can get a mug anyway, but you're going to get a mug. Come on, people. Take a few guesses. Uh, Punctus is waiting. Yes, Jasara. Well, actually, Robert got it first. Hold on. So many, so many guesses coming in. You guys are so good. All right, so Robert Pars. Robert, sorry, Robert Roberts. Um, message me in WhatsApp 324-1612. You are absolutely right. It is Kenneth. Hello, Kenneth. Good morning. <laughs> so most people guess it was you, child. Uh, Iva, Jasara got it. Um, Elizabeth got it. Joyce Ann, Denise got it. Sydney. Um, somebody thought it was the premiere. No, a few people are guessing the premiere. Nope, it is none other than Kenneth Bryan. You guys should know this. Kenneth is always the first one out of the barn. Trust me. <laughs> Kenneth, good morning. How are you? Hi, good morning, um, Kim and Mara. Good morning, Sandra. Uh, good morning to the world and the number one news network ever. Uh, Thank you. We got over 400 people now, child. They're all excited to see you. <laughs> That's good news. That's good news. I, Listen, I got it. I first got of it. all, congratulations. Thank you very much, Sandra. Thank you very much. I. I really, really appreciate it, and I gotta thank you personally too. You, you played your part in it, and I, I don't think many people realize how hard you worked to make sure there was a change in um, Nicki Minaj's direction by way of leadership. Yeah. So I want to thank you publicly as well. Thank you. Well, I think a lot of people realize it because I gotta tell you on Saturday, every single person that stopped me, we were just talking about you know how you kind of put yourself out there when you're in the public space. Every single person was like. Thank you. you. You helped put this government together. Like I felt like I had done something miraculous based on the response that I was getting from people. But I think they understand and they were very, very appreciative um, of our role. So pre-election and post-election. So Kenneth, um, I take my hat off, of, off to you. This has been a phenomenal uh, journey. You have done so well, even the polls. Um, you got the highest, if my memory serves me correctly and I can double check here. You actually got the highest number of votes for any constituency. I think you were 80-something percent of the voters chose you. 87%, yes, you're right. Wow. 87% of, of the vote. Just shy of 90%. You almost had him where he was going to get his deposit back. Don't be shy. Yeah. Don't be shy. Uh, well, you know, I want to take this opportunity. Obviously, I didn't do that by myself. I, I yes. did that with a strong, amazing committee, which I owe so much to, um, who gave up their time and um, their energy, time away from their families, just to continue to promote the ideas that we've built together for the people of Georgetown Central and the Cayman Islands. So by all means, um, there's a lot of work behind the scenes to, to make the product called Kenneth Bryan as a representative look well. So the thanks should be given to them. But more importantly, 
to the people of Georgetown Central who still have belief in me to be their representative. You know, um, I, I must say that I'm not satisfied, though. Um, I don't like to do 87% on my test. I like to get 100%. So it's telling that I still have a lot of work to do. There was 157 people who chose not to vote for me. And for whatever reason, that means I need to know them. I need to work hard for them so I can get their strength and belief in me that they're confident that I'm the best choice for Georgetown Central and the Cayman Islands. So I, I still have a lot of work to do, and I intend to, to, to prove myself even more over the next four years with the government that we have formed, which I'm, par I'm, I'm so proud to be a part of. Yes. It could just be that some of those people are party loyalists, and you know you can't move party loyalists, John. Well, no I, what I, you do. I somewhat disagree. I know that regardless if you're a party believer, that we're all human beings and we all know that um, we have to do the right thing when it's time to vote. And um, I believe that if you prove yourself and your worth, regardless of whether they're with a party or not, I, mm -hmm. I, I represent the party people as well, the people of the progressives. Um, or Caymanians, and my job is to love and protect and stand for them too. So it's, it's not like I'm going to ignore them. Um, mm -hmm. And I want to prove that 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 one day they can say, you know what, Kenneth is the right person. So I got work to do, not only from a ministerial perspective, but when we speak about constituency perspective, I, I really want to find out, not specifically like identify them, but if they want to talk to me and say, Kenneth, this is why I didn't vote for you, I want to work on, on proving that I was the right choice. It's mm -hmm. an important part. It's an important part for me. Good. Well, thank you so much for that. And of course, Kenneth, we also have to um, thank you for standing strong with the um, independence and not being tempted to jump ship. Uh, early stages, middle stages, or late stages, you really just held your ground. And in the end, with the support of the good voters of this country who were more than happy to go out and protest for our voices to be heard, you guys were able to pull it off. Um, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you guys have now decided on ministers. And that's also big congratulation to you because you are the new minister for tourism and transport. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So Ling Ling says, yes, we know how hard she worked. She did an excellent job. Thank you, Sandra. You're most welcome. Lots of congratulations coming in. Vanny, Miss Donna, Alice says, we love you. Chanel says they chose the right person for tourism. Uh, Larita says, hello. Sherry Ann says, good morning, Kenneth Bryan. Nice to have you in the show appearance. You, um, I think you did all the hard work is what that means. Uh, Natasha says, Minister of Tourism, yes. Uh, Daudette, good morning. Uh, Vierka Polanco says, congratulations. Donna's congratulating you. Lots of congratulations. Ingrid, uh, Rivers, Miss Beulah. Trisha says, came on first. So your fly gave it away for a few people. <laughs> and now I think it was, said, yes. I saw that flag and I knew right away that that had to be Kenneth, came on first. Um, so thank you guys so much for all of your positive messages for Kenneth. So Kenneth, I know you got a lot to do in terms of getting up to speed as a minister and you're going to be super, super busy. 
but we will expect you to be making some regular appearances here on the program just to keep in touch with all of us and let us know what it is that you've been working on. Yeah, well, that, that's the reason why I message you. I, I listen to your show every morning. It's like my daily devotion. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I said, you know, obviously I pride, my, I pride myself with communication with the public. It's, it's an essential part of being a good representative. And yeah. I'm not going to try to change that now. I, I must admit that it may be reduced a little bit. Sure. Um, because I got to be more um, cautious and careful with, with what the position that I say, because I'm no longer an independent and it's absolute. I, I have, uh, I'm a part of a government, I'm in cabinet. And so when I speak, um, it can be interpreted that that's the position of the whole government. And we haven't got through all the positions and its totality of on the national issues, uh, we we are going to be working together to come up with our policy position uh, on most of the controversial issues here. So I won't be speaking to that until we've concluded that we started it already. Um, but I thought it was important that I come on and just let the people know that we're still going to be here to communicate with you. We don't yeah. want to be like past governments who, you know, once they've won, they've disappeared. Um, we we our, our focus is to be transparent as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and keep the people informed. Uh, there's a lot of challenges ahead, uh, particularly also under my ministry uh, of tourism. Um, you know, it's the, it's the second pillar of our economy, which is now, you know, under shutdown, basically. And, mm -hmm. and I have to come up with strong strategic ways with the other cabinet members and other members of our government to find out smart, strategic, safe ways to, to get our tourism going again. Also, you know that I'm in charge of transport, which... I, right. I want to get support from, from, from my colleagues to find some solutions to the traffic problem. So those are going to be two of the main focuses for me um, as Minister of, of Tourism and Transport. You know, other, the, we have other very strong, capable ministers and the Deputy Premier who are going to be working on many of the labor matters, pension matters, from the health perspective with COVID. Um, we have a strong, strong minister in sports who has experience like no other um, and, and is going to bring the sporting um, um, attitude to Cayman up a lot. We have Andre who has a, a large amount of experience internationally from financial services mm -hmm. who's going to keep that under. Uh, you know, we're having some challenges with that and I think he's the best suited individual to, to address those challenges that we have collectively. And the premier... Who, who stands so strong with uh, talking about sustainable development and in our, our environment. Um, so once we have a more collective approach um, in our policy position on many of these matters, we intend to come back out to the public and speak to them more about it. But for me individually, as a, as a, as a person who always been in the media, I said, you know what, let me give um, Cayman Mal Road and its viewers and Sandra particularly a special <laughs> morning so i just i'm not yeah. going to stay very long i'm going to yeah. leave you and i got to get back to cabinet today i just want to say okay. i love you and i thank you so much for your hard thank work you. there's going to be a lot of naysayers but that hasn't stopped you anytime uh recently so don't let it stop no you. they never stop us and you know what the naysayers are becoming less and less fewer and fewer i must say <laughs> they've almost disappeared um, during the election coverage, I think people really appreciated the value of having um, 
you know, kind of uh, hard hitting CMR here to have the people's back and inform people. So Laura says, good morning, Debbie is here. Ms. Valdine says, good morning, Kenneth. Congratulations and best wishes. Uh, Vierica says, the next premiere for the Cayman Islands will be Mr. Kenneth Ryan. So they're giving you some predictions, my dear. Uh, Lavana is here as well, says, um, good morning, Honorable Kenneth Ryan, our new minister uh, for Cayman Airways. We welcome you, so proud of you. So does Cayman Airways fall under you as well? Uh, yes. Oh, wow. So we did have a request, so. I want, I want to say something, um, and I hope it's come off okay. I, you know, I, I think it's a matter of, of respect for the whole honorable and minister and stuff. Listen, I, I, though I am the minister, I just want you guys to know I'm still Kenneth. I'm just playing a, a more stronger role for you, and I'm glad you have faith in me for that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes leaders lose themselves based on the hierarchy of things. And I don't want to ever get lost in the clouds. So a simple Kenneth, hey, how you doing? Like how you've been doing for a long time with me? I would appreciate it. It keeps me grounded. I don't want to get caught up in the hoopla of cabinet and honorable and minister. I, I know what my job and role is and I intend to stick to that. And I want to stay down here with you, the people, because I love you. And I know that's where my strength comes from. And if I stayed grounded with you, I know I can't make mistakes because I'll be around you, working with you and for you. So I hope that yes. didn't come off wrong, but it's important. No, we, totally, we totally get it. You're still a man of the people, regardless of what title, what official titles uh, yes, you may hold. So yes, we got you. No worries. Well, Kenneth, thank you so much. We appreciate you coming on the program this morning, taking a few moments out of your uh, busy schedule. I know that you've also been trying to mend those broken ribs. So hopefully you're starting to feel a little bit better in terms of that as well. Um, I, I want last thing before I go. Um, you know, there's some of my former colleagues who didn't make it back to parliament. And a lot of the public don't know that there is some strong bonds that were made um, over a four-year period, regardless if there's battles on the parliament or policy and decisions on behalf of people. And I want you to think about them today because it is an amazing feeling to be chosen to be a leader, but it is a very hard feeling when you're no longer in that position. So I want you to pray for them and their families as they go through this transition. And I want them to know those who I haven't spoken to already, that I love you, that I'm here for you. Um, I don't want to be a part of a government that holds down anybody in any capacity. And if there's anything that I can do in my capacity, and I, I'm almost certain I can speak on behalf of my government that we believe in, in uplifting everybody and we don't see the division um, because for too long we've seen politicians who give their service to the country, they lose their seat and they're mm. forgotten about in some dark corner. And I don't want to be a part of that. I really don't. And I yeah. just I'm here for you if you need me reach out to me and as a, as a country, I want you to see them, I want you to love them, I want you to embrace them and remember their Caymanians too and I want you to tell them that you're there for them so they can feel and mend past this transition period, okay? Anyway, that being said. Thank you, I appreciate that. I love you, yes. I'll see you later. Cayman first, thank you so much, Kenneth. Um, again, folks, appreciate Kenneth coming on the show. Alice says, so humble and caring. Um, Laura says, I'm praying for all MPs Healing is needed for all of the country. Absolutely. 
um, Laura, hopefully they can get out of their own way for a minute and get out of their own feelings and really recognize what is in the best interest of the people. Um, Laura also makes mentions that she is in agreement with Kenneth's comment, re-CMR. El Ray says, really hope the new and old government can work together for the betterment of the country and its people. We're all in the same boat. And absolutely. I mean, you know, a, for a formidable opposition is a very, very important role to play. Trust me. I feel like we're sitting here being the opposition every day when we point out some of the issues that uh, we are facing as a country. And that's needed. It's needed to keep people in check. So, yes, absolutely. Elizabeth says, love your attitude, Kenneth. Um, Tamara says, love this man, make him the next premier. Well, well Kenneth will get there. Kenneth has a lot of uh, learning to do. And the one thing I like about Kenneth is he is willing to learn. And that is so incredibly important in life. Um, you can't just say, well, I'm going to just take this position and not prepare yourself. You put in the hard work, you learn the ropes, and um, you will indeed get there. So again, congratulations to Kenneth, 87% of the vote in his constituency, which is a humongous um, milestone. And I don't know who else was the closest, but I think most of them were probably like in the 60% range after that. So that's quite significant, right? Joy Sand says they need the help if those that have experience work together. So let's go over the ministerial positions now that we've had Kenneth on. Oh, by the way, before I move away from um, some of the fun stuff, it's all fun, but at different levels, check out the party on Saturday night by Chris Saunders. Check out what happened. You guys are gonna enjoy this. Only 15 seconds. You're putting me under pressure. Yeah, man, but not Pressure plus five! Pressure plus five! It's all about camaraderie, right? All right, so right now, our cameras, Mr. Pantam, the Honorable Premier, Terry, Terry, no time for hugging. Terry, no witness of time for dancing. Teresa, come on, all right. <laughs> all right, Mr. Pantam, you ready, sir? The Premier, let's do this. Thank you. 
Yes, my good people. The premier got some moves. He was doing the little dance there. Jerusalem, I think his name of the song. Is that the name of the song? I have to look it up. But that was the anthem for, I think, the entire campaign. It was played just at about every campaign um, meeting and events, and it's still being played. And yes, Josiah says it gives her cold chills every time she hears the song. Absolutely love it. Um, it was a, a fantastic um, party, and it was so good to see the government um, leaders just taking a break, relaxing themselves a little bit. Folks, we are all human beings. We all need a little break. And uh, dancing, what's better than, than dancing? Um, Frank says, Sandy, I'm praying for this government, but judging from the dance, the vibrations are great. This is what people love, trust me. Everybody can relate to someone, even if you're not the world's best dancer. People just wanna see you having a good time, moving, you know, working with the people and uh, being relatable. That's what it's all about, right? So Pauline, Elizabeth, everyone had a good little laugh at that dance. Um, congratulations to the premier. He definitely got, got to grooving, got his moves there. So why not? Um, Judy says he was dancing at Pedro as well. well I missed that one, I think. Um, there was a, a gentleman who did a little custom song for Cayman and I didn't get to record that one, but that one was really good. And that happened at Pedro as well. So yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. So congratulations to uh, Wayne Panton. Al says dance like nobody's watching. It's a great feeling. Yes. No matter how people may think about it, just enjoy life because trust me, Life is short. So let's have a look at folks now at the ministerial roles. And we can go through some of these. And I want you guys to obviously give me your opinion. And there we go. So let me just close this little section off here. And we shall enlarge it a little bit so everybody can see. So these are the ministerial roles announced yesterday. So we have the Honorable Premier Wayne Panton, JPMP. He uh, is responsible for cabinet office and the Minister for Sustainability and Climate Resiliency now. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is the first time I have ever heard of such a ministry in the Cayman Islands. And I think this goes to Mr. Panton's commitment to really be there for the environment. So Minister for Sustainability and Climate Resiliency. Wow. Hats off uh, for them even thinking of such a ministry and making that a priority here in the Cayman Islands. Climate Resiliency, folks. We got to make sure that we know there's the only planet that we can be on right now. So um, that's, that's amazing. I like that. The premier also retains responsibility for the RCIPS budget. Not really for the RCIPS directly, but for the budget. The Honorable Chris Saunders is Deputy, Deputy Premier, Finance, Economic Development, and, la sorry, and Labor. So we all expected him to get finance for sure. 
Economic development goes hand in hand with that and labor. Ooh, that's going to be an interesting one for uh, Mr. Saunders. So we definitely have some expectations when it comes to labor. And again, you know, we need to make sure that uh, we understand what these responsibilities are. We did have a viewer to the program who shared that they would like to see an organizational chart that includes all of the ministers, their departments, who their chief officers are, and what boards, commissions, and government-owned companies fall under that particular ministry. Now, I know that I have seen this somewhere before on government's website, so I know that it exists. It probably just needs to be updated. So I'm going to send this now to um, the chief of the civil service, the head of the civil service, which is Mr. France Manderson, and I will send it to Mr. Panton as well, because I think uh, together they can get that done in fairly short order. All right. Um, Julie says that planning needs a clean sweep. So the boards, this was brought to my attention last week, I think it was on Friday, all of the boards are supposed to be redone. There's actually in the law that they're supposed to redo the boards and stuff as well. So I'm going to look that up and tell you exactly what the law says, uh, probably on tomorrow's program. But we have, um, I don't know why this little box will not close. There we go. So we have then the Honorable Juliana O'Connor Connolly. Now she needs to decide what name she's actually going to use, child, because I have been informed that on her passport, it only says Juliana Connolly. So she is not even O'Connor. Uh, really? Can we get you to use your proper name and not choose and pick which name you want to use depending on what you feel like and when people are voting so you can be number one on the list? <sighs> anyway. Um, the other thing is, when she was under the last government, she did turn her phone off. Mm -hmm. So her passport says Connolly. So I don't know where she gets all Connor from, but maybe she needs to stop using that now that her official name actually says one thing. So um, she gets education, which nobody's happy about district administration, lands and survey. Well, we can talk about her here in a second. We're gonna loop back around to her. Bernie Bush gets Minister for Home Affairs, Youth, Sports, Culture and Heritage. That makes sense for him given his, especially his uh, youth and sports background. The Honorable Kenneth Bryan is Minister for Tourism and Transport. Um, Johani J. Ebanks gets Minister for Planning, Agriculture, Housing, and Infrastructure. Hmm, okay. Sabrina Turner, Minister of Health. Andre Ebanks, Minister for Financial Services and Commerce, and Minister for Investment, Innovation, and Social Development. Very interesting. 
So you guys were anxiously waiting on the appointment of some of these. And for the most part, um, you were hoping that Juliana would not be getting education back, but that didn't quite work out. Parliamentary secretaries, Catherine Wilkes. She's going to be the parliamentary secretary to Minister Andre Ebanks, Financial Services, and Minister Juliana O'Connor Conley, Education. Look, even Isaac got something for coming back to the fold. He lucky is all I can tell him. Isaac Rankin, Parliamentary Secretary to Minister Johanny Ebanks and Minister Bush. And Heather Bodden, Parliamentary Secretary to Minister Kenneth Bryan and Minister Andre Ebanks. So that's where we're at. Um, Kristen, good morning. Andrea is here. All of the appointed boards are to resign in block and give the new government a free hand to pick new members. Yes, I think it says something like three quarters of them need to be replaced. And a lot of them got to go. It makes logical sense because quite honestly, those people would have been carrying out the remit of the former government. They're mostly political appointments anyway. Let's be honest here. And so... Um, I think that they need to go. And some of them just haven't been doing a very good job. Off-reg board, we are happy to see them all gone. Bye-bye. See you later, Sayonara. Get out. Ugh, they need to be shaken up in more ways than one. Alice, um, Miss Sue was asking, why didn't Kathy get a ministry? Listen, you guys are going to learn to listen to me one way or the other. It is not to the benefit of your new MPs to get a ministerial position. That is the kiss of death. Will you guys listen to me? I've explained why, why this is very logical. So people like Andre, Sabrina, who else is a new MP? Johanny, Jay, those are the three that are new MPs and they're getting a ministry. They need to be careful of the kiss of death. Because chances are, if you look at the history, and it doesn't make a difference, um, history will prove that what I'm saying is 100% correct. So don't be wishing the kiss of death on Kathy. Kathy's going to take her time as a parliamentary secretary, learn the ropes, and still have lots of time to work within her constituency, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about Juliana Connolly. I'm not going to call her this other name that legally isn't her name. Education, district administration, lands and surveying. Honestly, she should only get one of those because God knows, based on the feedback that has been received, she's not handled education very well. And I know a lot of people are disappointed in the fact that she has gotten education again because they're like, oh, Lord, did she not fail us enough last time? So what I want to say in relation to that, and you guys can tell me what you think. She uh, made some statement yesterday, by the way. Let me just look this up because I only saw the headline on CNS. And I didn't get to read it. Where she was saying that basically, um, I don't even have a 
search history for CNS. I normally don't read. I don't have time to read like the other newspapers, but let's have a look. She says here, I thought I saw it somewhere. Um, Juliana denies turning her back on the progressives. Okay. So I guess at her on her at her speech on Friday, it says here, um, beginning her seventh term in office, time to retire, Juliana. Uh, Juliana O'Connor Conley justified why yet again she found herself on the government benches, even though the party she ran with lost. The member for Cayman Brack made the decision to desert the team she ran with and secure a seat for cabinet yet again at the very last minute, which she said was one of the most difficult decisions of her life. Really, Juliana, we don't believe that. That wasn't a difficult decision at all. That was probably the easiest decision because it's one that you've made numerous times. Because as we've said here in this program, you are the professional flip-flopper. So anywho, that was my side commentary. She attributed a set of circumstances before her to God. I hate people who blame everything on God. Not again, nothing to do with you being a flip-flopper. Anyway, she said he brings up governments, he brings them down, and it was not for her to question. Uh, but once the premier had secured uh, 11 people for his government, her responsibility was to the people of Cayman Brack and Little Cayman, and she was not elected for her own personal benefit, she said. At that point, the elections were over and it was time to unite and get on board. It was long over before you got on board, honey child. You came at the 11th hour, not even the 11th hour, you came at 11.59. The 11th hour, as my little four-year-old would say. Uh, she says, I took the decision, cost what it may, uh, as she quoted the Bible again in an effort to explain her reasons for crossing the floor. Stop using the Lord's name in vain and your ridiculous reasoning. It goes on to say that Isaac Rankin also waited until the last minute to rejoin Panton's team after he cracked under pressure and crossed the PPM Alliance team, triggering the week of uncertainty. In order to form a government of independence, Panton had no other choice but to secure the support of McKeever Bush by promising him the job as speaker, despite his convictions, uh, despite his conviction for assault and the major concerns for many people across the community. So, um, crazy that she's sitting there quoting and blaming God, blaming all this on God. Juliana, you're free to make whatever decisions you want. I don't know if you missed that part in the Bible that talks about free will and choice right? God doesn't force us to do anything. In fact, he does not even force us to believe in him or to follow him. It is a choice. There might be consequences, he says. That's what the Bible says. There may be consequences if you do the wrong thing, but ultimately it is your choice. So are you trying to say that God has not given you free will? Can you stop blaming him for every decision that you make? Someone says in the comment section, crazy blaming God. No sensible person is going to believe that. 
come on now, we're not that stupid. It hurts to think that she thinks that we're all stupid, but Cayman Brack East voters must be that stupid. They voted her in as MP. One of the reasons is perhaps they've never had a formidable opposition to her. After seven terms, Cayman Brackers, there has to be one person on the Brack that can run against Juliana with a good chance of actually beating her. And with all due respect, that person is not Miss Maxine McCoy Moore. Cayman Brackers, you got four years. Can you get it together? Anywho, um, so she got education back. Like I said, not a single person is happy about that. Someone did say to me yesterday that one way to look at it is at least there's going to be continuity. And I thought to myself, continuity. Does it count if it's continuity of failure? Because that's not exactly what we want when we talk about continuity. So continuity is not always a good thing, folks. Sometimes you don't want continuity. When you're failing, you don't want continuity of failure. So I was having a think about this from yesterday when the um, positions came out. And I thought, um, oh, here's Miss Darlene McKenzie. She on the live today. She said, with no, with no disrespect, she always says that. I know that's really her because that's how she starts out, even her live comments. She said, our people still deserve the real answers uh, for the reasons our MPs, Isaac Rankin and Sabrina Turner, decided to leave the independence when the government was already formed. And an explanation, why did Sabrina, Sabrina Turner return? Like I said on Friday, I have certainly not been satisfied as to the responses that I heard at the previous Friday's meeting, but... Um, our protesters were not allowed to ask Sabrina Turner any questions uh, for any answers at the meeting of April the 16th at the Seaman Hall. Also, why did Juliana O'Connor Conley leave PPM to join the independence? Well, I think we know why, because she wanted a ministry. And the, the question goes on. So very interesting points, uh, Miss Darlene. She's actually signed her name, which is unusual in CNS. Somebody else says, have you had a discussion about her views on gay people? And have you said to her that, that um, on no account you want her to pray with that terrible speaking tongue stuff she does about day and Baden? I don't know what they mean by day and Baden. I don't know. Um, somebody else says, I really feel she throws God and religion around to hide her incompetence. Another person says, Elvis would have been a better choice. At least he speaks the truth. Oh, yes, my apologies. I just said that Miss Maxine was her opponent. It was actually Elvis. And I do think, too, that the people should have given Elvis an opportunity. At least he wouldn't be up there blaming God for whatever decision he's making. Anyway, Miss um, Sue, she gave them no choice. So Premier would make the yes, Donna. Catherine have more than enough on her plate. I agree. Remember, she's also deputy speaker as well. So she's got to learn a lot. Um, and I think, Andrea, thank you for that comment. Uh, Varen says, I pray, I hope and pray that there's someone in the ministry um, for the permit works to someone to stand up for and with us. Uh, yes. Um, I'm telling you, getting a ministerial position in your first term is the kiss of death. 
And it doesn't matter how smart and competent you are. Remember what happened to Wayne Pantham in 2013? He got a ministerial position and there's no question about his competence and his ability to do a good job, but he was voted out in 2017. I'm telling you, the kiss of death. It will not spare most of you. Um, Alice says she jumped ship because she wanted to post. I don't know who Juliana thinks she's fooling. Chanel is proud of Bernie. Um, Miss Sue says she needs to stop with this religious thing again. It's too much now. That's the only thing we can count on from her and John John is they're going to be quoting scripture and the Bible, just like she was praying down damnation on the governor um, during the whole LGBT situation. So God didn't bring down damnation on him or the country. So does that mean that God doesn't believe what you're saying, Juliana? Can you help us make it make sense? A little explanation, clarity, and my last redacted comment. What qualifications do you have to have to be health secretary? Or was there nothing else left and she got it? Oh, I see, health minister. Well, um, as with most things, Chanel, there are no qualifications to run as an MP. And there are no qualifications for ministerial position either. This is where I was saying to all of you going into the election, Try to choose people with a little bit of sense. You know, they might not have academic qualifications to run a ministry, but if you can't read, if you can't sit in a debate and even answer questions like Barbara, what are y'all doing voting her back in, Georgetown South? You know, it's like the people, a lot of us don't have the skills to even be voters because we are obviously making very poor decisions based on what only God knows handouts and somebody taking you to the polls drunk to vote for them, that is not enough. Because when they start messing up and they're not doing a better job than you would do, and then you start going hard on them, hmm, my question becomes, why did you vote them in in the first place? This concept of qualifications for elected office is still very much lost on the people of the Cayman Islands. Now, I'm not saying academic qualifications trump everything else. There has to be a balance. So there are people who are academically you know, qualified who don't have our best interests at heart as a people. They don't have the heart of the Caymanian people. So should they be elected into office? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to look at the holistic picture. But when you pick people with no qualifications, they can't read, they can't write, they can't do nothing, and on top of that, they are not doing anything, then um, what do you expect really? When they get into that next stage of, oh, I'm gonna be a minister, there are no qualifications required either. Now, having said that, Sabrina Turner does have a nursing background. So at least she understands a little bit, that was a while ago, but she started out her career as a nurse so I suppose she might have an interest in the medical profession and she understands a little bit about the medical profession. Does she, does that mean that she understands how the hospital works and how, no, she's gonna have to learn all those things and very, very quickly. And to be fair, Chanel, I think that most of us have the capacity to learn and grow in a position uh, most employers wouldn't hire you, though, for positions like that unless you came with some minimum qualifications. Mm -hmm. 
So that is uh, a point that we should all remember. There are no qualifications to run as an MP and there's certainly none to be a minister. So Richard McLean says, good morning. It's good to have Mr. Bernie as minister for culture and heritage. How can we convince him to get rid of the dual name festival, Pirates Week slash Cayman Isles National Festival and stick to our heritage? Caymanians were never pirates nor privateers. It's the festival for Jamaica there. Port Royal was the pirates capital of the world, not Cayman. And yes, planning needs a clean sweep. Lucky says, is it true Juliana raised the overseas government scholarship to $30,000? Wasn't this done already? I feel like that was done before. We'll find out. Julie says, church in front, dirt in the back. Chill. This is what I need to take a sip of my beverage. And it's only water, but I'm going to sip it anyway. Mm, 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 mm. Frank says, so Sam, that you got it so right about God and free will. You are a very spiritual person. I'm beginning to see. Good for you. Uh, you exercise your free will for the good of so many. This is this essence of prayer to uplift the knowledge base of the masses and multitude. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Frank. You know, you don't have to be a religious person to be a spiritual person. Believe me, you. And um, when you are connected to a higher being and you're also more importantly connected to yourself, like you know yourself, you understand yourself, you're intuitive about certain things. That's why sometimes I know I can just call a spade a spade because I see exactly what is going on around me. Right? And you're much more effective just being honest in life. Although some people say that honesty and truth doesn't matter. They want perception over honesty and truth. That cannot be the way that you live your life. Who cares about perception? Well, I'm not going to throw perception out completely because I know for a lot of people, perception is reality. So if people perceive you to be a certain way, whether you're that way or not, they think that that's what it is. When you're in certain positions, I guess you do have to care about perception. On this program, we're not concerned about those things. We're concerned about the truth. Rosie says, JOCC is under new leadership of the Honorable Premier, Wayne Panton, and he will ensure she is held accountable. So let's talk about that. Thank you, Rosie. That's where I was going with this conversation. I can't help but wonder if the reason why she was able to be so dismal as Minister of Education last time is because there was no accountability at the cabinet level. So in other words, the previous premier, Mr. Alden McLaughlin, allowed her to do whatever she wanted to do. And you know, just like your children, if you allow them to do whatever they want to do, they're going to become rogue children and criminals and misbehave and do the most. But when you set standards, expectations, rules, limitations, at some point, they're going to have to either live up to that or get out. Now, the getting out part is what I'm not too sure how that would work. Is Minister Panton prepared to hold Juliana to the fire and say, Sister Juliana, you've not performed to the satisfaction of the people of the Cayman Islands. And so this time around, you better shape up. We don't care what your affiliations were with the progressives. We don't care what you're saying um, about, you know, 
God making you do certain things, you need to shape up because before you're going to answer to God, hopefully, because we don't want you dropping down dead now. We're not going to put that out there in the universe for you. So before you're going to answer to him, you're going to answer to the people of the Cayman Islands who've elected you to public office. Seven terms, Juliana. What is your legacy going to be other than wearing a skirt down to your ankles and preaching the gospel? That's all fine if you're a minister of religion, which you're not. Your legacy should be that Cayman Brack is left after having a minister in office since 1980 or whatever, however long you've been there. That Cayman Brack is the best little island in the world, the best sister island, the best little baby island. And that's not happening for Cayman Brack or Little Cayman. Your legacy is one of dismal failure as far as the Brackers are concerned and as far as we are concerned here in Grand Cayman as well. Uh, during her speech on Friday, she was all tempted to talk about how, oh, she might be retiring after this. I'm going to be petty like um, Pelosi. I'm going to be like, you know when she did that little thing with, with Trump? A silent clap. Juliana, please do retire. You'd be doing all of, us, all of us a favor, actually. No one is going to tell you not to retire. Bye. See you later. 2025, we might get some good reps for the Brack. Retire. Good. In the meantime, you've got a job to do. And unfortunately, uh, most people have said, you know, don't give her back education. I don't think they had a choice, unfortunately. But here it is. She's got education and um, let's not have a continuity of failure. Juliana, shape up yourself. Start showing up to stuff. What you should be doing right now is you should be planning, how do I recover from this reputational damage that I have created, not God, <coughs> sorry, that I have created for myself mm -hmm. over the past how many years? How do I recover from this? First thing, I'm going to give you some free advice, girl. Take it from me. You need to have a meeting with all of your stakeholders. Number one stakeholders, parents. Talk to the parents and why they are telling you that you have failed education. Hmm. Explain your behavior. Why have you not been present? Why have you not been showing up? You've not addressed any of the fighting in schools, the drugs, the other dismal issues that are happening in public schools. You've not addressed it. Everybody said you've been missing in action, living a little bit too much on the brack. Explain yourself and how you intend this go around, this four years to do a better job. And I think the premier would do well to also talk about how he is going to hold all ministers, including her, accountable. Um, now, Chanel is not a fan, it looks like, of, um, what's her name? Um, Sabrina. And she has made some comments here, which, by the way, let me just... Um, So she says that, uh, honestly, I feel unsure and unsafe with her at the helm. This is why I said, let us give a gentle smile for ministry, replacing the male version with the female version. Ooh. 
Magdalene reminds us that at least she's a qualified nurse, medical personnel, as far as I know. I don't know if she's still qualified. Now, somebody sent me a comment about that. Hold on one second. I think it was here. Um, Day and Bodner, the two women. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Now I get the comment about Day and Bodner. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Chantal Day. Sorry, it wasn't. Uh, confidential. I think Sabrina got health because she's a nurse. No longer because I heard Hazel Brown made her life difficult and she left the HSA. This will be interesting to watch. Hmm. And Hazel Brown still works at the HSA. Well, Miss Hazel, you might be getting what's coming. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think Sabrina is more than capable if she's interested, if she has an interest. Uh, she can do it. Now, we'll just have to wait and see. Hello, Miss Lorna. Says Mary Elizabeth Rodriguez needs to be brought back to the education ministry. She seems to be able to forgive everything. So we seem to be able to forgive everything. So perhaps it's time to pardon her for whatever her slip up was. She knew her job. And most importantly, she's an educator. Well, Miss Lorna, let me remind you of what her slip up was because it was quite a slip up. She essentially took a report from uh, external consultants that we paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for, I'm sure. Which, by the way, government, the next time you need a report, come to me. I can do it so much cheaper for you. I can do all the research. I'm like the research queen. And I'm not going to charge you hundreds of thousands of dollars to copy what has been said in another jurisdiction. I'll charge you far less than that. Talk to me. So she actually doctored that report at Lorna because that report didn't make education under her watch look good. So she changed things in the report and doctored it. Should we bring her back after she did that? Now, oh yes, we are very forgiving. We believe in forgiveness. I saw Mr. Bush at uh, Chris's party and I said, hi, Makiva. I know you don't want to talk to me anymore. But remember now we're all about forgiveness. And he says, yes, we're very forgiving people. With his back turned to me, but I still came back. One day you'll see that I was telling you all the right things for your own good. Uh, I don't know, Lorna. That's probably not the kind of thing that we can forgive. But to put her back in that position means that we would have to be forgetting her transgression which was to the direct detriment of our children and our people. Listen, the cold hard truth, rule number one, is you're not gonna probably like the cold hard truth because it's not gonna make you look good. So somebody's being honest with you and they say, listen, you got issues in education, hear what they are, and this is how bad your situation is. Why would you take and doctor and soften that report before handing it over to the ministry? First of all, that's dishonest. And most of us would end up in jail for doctoring an official report. That's like producing a false document. That's an offense. And she didn't end up in jail. Instead, she got some kind of lateral promotion. So seriously, uh, that don't make no sense. Do not put her back in that position. She might be an educator. But if she's not an honest educator and not willing to see the failings of the system, the systematic failings, we will not have any hope in education ever with people like that at the helm. Uh, Mr. Ver Veran, you're making me laugh. 
Uh, Chanel says, is Isaac a Jamaican? No. He's one of us, child. Uh, Mark is asking what I'm really drinking if that's not special juice. No, honey, child. In the mornings, I'm either going to drink tea. I don't tend to make hot chocolate for myself. I like hot chocolate that's like restaurant style treats, hot chocolate, you know? with all the little extras. And then I don't wanna drink hot chocolate every day. So normally I start off with water. I had some cantaloupe this morning and I got half a banana that will be breakfast. I'm gonna eat this after the show. Um, but no, no special juice this time of day. Um, we all have souls and that's where the spirit room and give you insights. Yes, Miss Joyce Ann and some of us just not listening to our inner spirits. And that's where you kind of go wrong and all over the place. You know, I've always been very spiritual. You guys might not know this, but uh, even as a child, um, I would often just sit and by myself and reflect on a lot of things in nature. And when I say child, this was even before I left came out, like I would be outside off of middle road just by myself. And I remember these moments so distinctly, which is kind of weird because there's a lot of other stuff that I don't remember. But I would remember just like sitting there sometimes even at night and like just looking into the sky and questioning so many things around me in the world. Like it was really weird now when I reflect back on it because I think most seven and eight year olds probably are not having those type of internal conversations. Um, so I've had a lot of people throughout my life said, oh, you're, you're like an old woman, like you have an old spirit. And I think that there's probably something to that because um, there's a lot that I do understand that I've understood for a very long time in my life that wouldn't necessarily be age appropriate, if that makes any sense. Like a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old doesn't really think about certain like deep things in life. Like, you know, what about, what about God? What, what is God? And I used to have some really deep, like just discussions in my head. So Jean, congratulations to Kenneth, Michelle. And you guys also know that I have this sixth sense, right? Um, about things and people. And let me tell you, I have to be very careful sometimes what I say because I do have a little bit of a goat mouth. And so a lot of times I'm thinking something and I'm like, Sandy, don't say it. Don't put it out in the universe because sometimes it's not ended well for people. So I'm very mindful of what I say. Straight talk, Juliana, she needs to retire. Well, I hope she's listening. Somebody else just WhatsApp me and said, good morning, Sandra. Your lecture to Juliana was well presented. However, I hope that some of her assistants are listening to your program as I'm sure she is not listening. She doesn't even read. She only relies on hearsay to make her decisions. Whoops. Um, this person says, good morning. Can we spend one more minute on Julie, please? Sure. We need to give her a lesson on dress code and etiquette, which includes not wearing her glasses on her head during a formal function, just saying. You people are so ridiculous. Can I just tell you? <laughs> on point, but still ridiculous, but it's funny. Um, 
I, yes, we shall pass on. Oh, there's a lot of wind kicking up all of a sudden outside. The mango tree is swaying. Yes, my dear child. Uh, I am all for that. You know, she is. Um, first of all, a woman. She is a minister of education. And you know, young people might actually be looking up to her for some guidance. So it wouldn't kill her to think about what that means. And uh, image might be important for her to start to look at. She certainly makes enough money, folks, to get someone to assist her with um, the wardrobe. So a stylist, we can keep it Christianly with the longer dresses and so forth. But Miss Juliana, we can still make you look good, you know? We can do it. Now, I kind of feel like she's coming from a religious perspective where there's definitely no makeup involved. And um, I don't know what else her exact religious beliefs are. She obviously doesn't believe in swearing on the Bible and there's a lot of other things. Like she seems very, very strict. But even within that strict covenant, I do believe that we can make some improvements in that department, even small ones. But yes, Miss Juliana, I hope you're paying attention. And even if you're not paying attention, please, someone take notes for her. We expect more of you. And just because you're part of the PAC government, now I don't know if God sent you this message or not, but we are going to tell you right here and now, just because you are part of PAC, and this goes for all ministers and everybody, doesn't mean that we're not gonna be keeping a keen eye on you and holding you to account. Hmm. Did you hear what I said, Juliana? We are going to be watching you. We're going to have expectations of you. We're going to be calling you out the same way. You see, it had nothing to do with the progressives. We don't care who you're with. You've got to perform. So back to my suggestion, have a stakeholders meeting. Go to every single school in all three Cayman Islands and have a meeting with parents. Georgetown Primary, Prospect Primary, John Gray, Clifton Hunter. Schedule it so people know in advance. They can make sure they take off of work, whatever. Parents, Juliana O'Connor Conley, a.k.a. Juliana Conley, is coming to a school near you, and she wants to hear your concerns as parents. And if it means scheduling more than one night of this, then by all means, let's get it done. Engage with the parents. What are their concerns? What are their complaints? How can you do better? You know, sometimes we get into job and we fail. Tara failed with education too. And so the only way for us to improve is to be honest with ourselves first and foremost. And secondly, to be willing to accept criticism. People say, Sandy, you messed up. And I gotta go, you know what? You're right. That's the first step, admitting it. Then, the next step is coming up with an apology. I'm sorry that I failed education. 
maybe I was too caught up in the whole LGBT thing to focus on education because that was popping off during the last tenure. Now that that's behind me, I can focus on trying to make sure our children are educated because whether they're LGBTQ or nothing, they will get nowhere in this world if they don't have a good education. So let's focus on some really important things here now. So I'm apologizing and let's look at the way forward. What are some of the things that you as parents need to be more successful? Meet with stakeholders, teachers. What do you teachers other than a pay raise, which you got already, you're all making $5,000 a month now, good, kudos. But what do you need? What do your children need? Do we need physical books back in the classroom? Do we need writing paper? Do we need to make sure that we have the budget where teachers are not having to buy paper for the photocopier? Do we need mentors who can go into the schools and talk to our young people on a regular basis? You know how beautiful a mentorship program would be even once a month? Having the right people go into schools and say, listen, young people, I'm from Georgetown Central. My name is Sandy Hill. And I grew up on Middle Road. Poor little Georgetowner, walk around barefoot, no shoes. I went to Georgetown Primary School. And I'm here to tell you that no matter what circumstances you were born into, which you have absolutely no choice over, you can start even at your age, middle school, elementary school, high school, to make better decisions. And one of the best decisions in this world is to put your education first before anything else. Because that will create opportunities in life for you that nothing else will create. You know what I'm saying? Young people like to see success stories. They like to see people who've done things with their lives, who've gotten out of situations. But those people need to be relatable. So they need to come from where those young people come from. I'm sorry, and no insult to my English friends, my Canadian friends, or my American friends. But you bring in someone from Miami to sit down to a Caymanian child and talk about, oh, this is the formula for success in life. They're going to be looking at him like, and who are you? You don't look like me. You don't sound like me. You know? If I say donkey, you're like, what, what does that mean? You don't understand the concept of a mall road. You don't understand anything. You're not a Caribbean person even. I mean, we've gone so far astray. And diversity is good. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is there is a place in this equation, in this puzzle, to include mentorship programs with people that they can relate to. That relatability factor automatically breaks down barriers that are going to take you forever otherwise to try to break down. Because right away, people are like, yep, she's a Georgetowner just like me. She's from Georgetown Central. Yep, her mama's this one. Her dad is this one. They get it. You don't even have to say it. They totally get it. And there will be things that they do and they say and in their behavior when you're mentoring them that you're going to go, aha. Uh -huh. You have an aha uh -huh moment. Because you used to do the same thing. You came from that same environment. You understand the concept of 
You know, your parents, like, I, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. You, you don't have to agree with those types of things because I certainly don't agree with that behavior. But I know where it comes from and I understand the culture behind it all. When you have people who can't even relate on those levels and you're trying to be somebody's mentor, I'm not saying that it might not work for some people, but I'm saying for the vast majority of young people, um, you're already losing them at that point. We need a grassroots mentorship program. That's what we need. And Juliana, I'm giving you some free advice. Take it and run with it. Make it your own. Put a plaque over it. This was Juliana's idea. I don't care how you take ownership of it. The only thing that I'm suggesting is it's a good idea and you should look into doing it because it's for the benefit of our children, of our young people. And so we need to set aside all of our egos. You know, ego is an incredible thing and it will force us to make poor decisions and put us in a corner and not make decisions when we should be acting. So we're going to take the ego out of this. I'm telling you, you can own it. If you need to own it by saying it's a message from God, then whatever it takes for you to own it. And let's just get some of these things done. It's not earth shattering, but there are programs that actually work. You feel me? Someone please call Juliana. I think she blocked us on WhatsApp, you know. I have her number, but I think she blocked us because when we were asking her questions during COVID on WhatsApp, she didn't want to answer any of the questions. Now, uh, let me wrap up. I do have someone coming over. So thank you, Louis. Louis said God is sending a message yesterday, today, and um, a long time to come on CMR, the number one truth telling based on the foundation of love for community. Marshall says, not sure what her religion is, but I guess it's uh, I guess lying is part of it. Oh gosh. Morna, thank you. Morna says, good idea. Miss um, Sue has volunteered to sort her out to be her stylist because she sure needs it. There you go. Volunteerism. Give Miss Sue. Miss Sue is retired now, so give her a couple of dollars and she'll help you out. Chantel says, look, clothes don't do the job. The person does the job. You know, when uh, someone really doesn't know what they're doing, People like to call bluffs, use distractions such as God speaking or long skirts. Well, Chantel, she's the one full of excuses. Um, it could be that we were here before and not everyone is really connected to the past or the spirit, uh, which within which is never a dying element. Interesting. Hello, Tamara. Um, Julie says, just a matter of time, friend. It's a matter of time. Um Chantel says, boy, this is why I stay silent during your shows. I have the same thing. Oh. Yes, Chantel. Um, I, I feel you. Uh, Vernon says, no, Sandy, I think you should. Never think less of yourself. I believe you could. Uh, thank you. Carol says, we should never compromise when it comes to our children. I couldn't agree with you more. So listen. Thank you, Robin. Um, I would like to see our government officials take uh, take a health initiative. My entire life I've been watching our government officials gain a lot of weight and look very unhealthy. Robin, girl, were you coming out with the hardcore truth this morning? Yes, we all need to do that. 
And why not start from the top? Start from the leader. Um, no better way than to lead by example. And I agree with you. Now, I think I think Wayne has lost a few pounds already. Probably just up and down with the election. But yes, it's. I think it's good if we all. And you know, when you become a minister and you're in government, child, you you do more ribbon cutting, meeting, sitting down all day, and you tend to spread out more. So Chris Saunders lost, I think, about 50 pounds. He has been doing the um, intermittent fasting diet because he was telling me about that. And he says that works really well for him. So he's been looking slim and trim. I'm sure the wife is enjoying that. Now she can put her hands around him and almost make it all the way around. But a lot of us are carrying too much vis visceral fat around our organs. You know, that's the internal belly fat that's not good. And by the way, you can look skinny and still have that visceral fat that is surrounding your major organs. And it is the worst kind because heart disease. And we're all like one step away from clunking out because of it. So I like that idea. Um, I love that idea, Robin. And it's something that has crossed my mind before that we should do an entire health initiative as a country. And I don't mean just physically losing the weight, exercising, walking, all that kind of stuff. But what COVID has taught us is that mentally, we need to do a lot too. So we need some Tai Chi sessions, some yoga as a country, some meditation, something. So I love it, Robin. Good, good on you. Good morning, Jenna. Magdalene is asking why Caymanian teachers don't remain. We're going to talk about some of that one day. Dee says, stop passing failing students through the system. Yes. Nowhere else in the world do you get to move up. Well, maybe if you're a civil servant. Let me take that back. Most places in the world, that's what we say, never, never say never. Never use exclusive words like nowhere in the world because then you start to think, oh, actually there's a lot of incompetence in the civil service. And people get promoted who shouldn't be promoted. So let me take that exclusive word out of my vocabulary and say in most instances in the world, you do not get a promotion if you're not performing up to standard. But that point is lost on education and the civil service in a lot of instances. So we have a lot to do as a country. My gosh, the list is long. This government, oh, they're going to be busy. Um, Rory says we still have a long way to go. Juliana is still education minister. I can't be excited about the motivations of some of the PAC members based on what, uh, based on that week of games of crabs. You're so funny, Rory. Uh, Cayman, let's really pay attention to this government, hold them accountable, look to the future. This PAC and the country definitely should have benefited from the experience and qualifications of some of the other independent candidates, but we've got what we've got now and we got to work with it, Rory. But yes, there's a lot of people and I can tell you this, um, Chanel, enjoy your day, my dear. Chanel, get her education, girl. There are a lot of people who, um, quite frankly, Rory, still have a side eye at the people who jump ship in either direction. So they're watching Sabrina with a side eye over the next four years, definitely watching Alric with a side eye over the next four years. 
and even Juliana, because you think, can you really trust Juliana when she just flip flops whatever is convenient for her? I mean, she failed education under her own government. Is she going to be all that minded to get it right now under government that really she doesn't want to be a part of? She's still a pre PPM member. Has she been made to resign? Question. Has she been made to resign from the progressives? I'm just curious. I think she should. Tommy, good morning from the Bahamas. Thank you so much, my friend. Love listening and watching. Aw. Oh, Jade, thank you, girl. You know, some mornings there's just so much to talk about. Like two hours is really not enough. Talk about the sexual assault already, she says. Okay, all right. So you guys know yesterday, we did a story. Oh, my installers are here. I got something going on today at home. Um, about a police officer who's been arrested and placed on suspension after alleged sexual allegations, sexual assault allegations. So here's the thing, folks. We don't know a whole lot of the details yet, except that him and a woman who works at work, you know, the, the work agency, government agency, have been arrested and not yet charged, and the investigation is ongoing, for a sexual assault. So the, they were both arrested on Friday, and he was arrested by the Criminal Investigation Division, CID, because obviously he's a police officer. He's actually part of the Firearms Response Unit, originally from Barbados, and came by way of um, Turks and Caicos. So hold on one second. Doorbell's ringing. Yes, Alexa, thank you. I know somebody's at the front door. Oh, shoot. Let me just see here now. So um, let me just see. I can just let them in remotely. Good morning. I'm just going to open the door for you so you can come in, okay? Because um, she got to give me a few minutes so I can wrap up my show chill. Now, where's the app to open the door? Oh, yes. Shall we high tech around here? I don't have to go to the front door to open it. See? Unlock front door. Boom. And then it says motion detected at the front door. Unlocking front door. Front door has been unlocked. Now she can come in and do what she's got to do. Good. Anywho, folks, uh, listen, this is quite an a, a unusual case. It's not that often the police officers get arrested for stuff in this country. And for a sexual assault, it's a very serious allegation. And obviously, that's what it is at this point. Um, he is a member of the Firearms Response Unit, originally from Barbados. Um, his name is, is uh, Anthony Marshall. And the young lady, her name is Erica Lynch. So I don't know what is really going on here. So all I can tell you is... Um, we have to keep an eye on this one. This is a hot mess. Yes. Uh, I will be following it. We got the tip that this had gone down and reached out to, to the RCIPS for comment and they confirmed. They don't ever confirm who it is, but we, we know who it is. Listen, here at CMR, we got the names of the arrested. We even have the name of the victim, which we would never mention, but we got all those details. Someone had said, someone else on the force had said, uh, when I mentioned it to them yesterday, they said, oh, 
it was involving a minor. The, the victim is not a minor. So I want to clarify that in case that rumor is out there. But this is a pretty serious allegation. Now, I don't know what a woman would be doing um, as his female companion, also being charged with sexual assault. What does that mean exactly? How was she participating in this situation? Was she holding the victim down? Was she also, I mean, women can commit sexual assault. Don't get me wrong. But I'm thinking, my God, what woman would do that? Mm. The details will emerge, folks, and we will certainly keep you abreast of what they are. But it's very concerning. He has been immediately suspended from duty pending further investigations and a submission of a file to the director of public prosecution. So Jade says, remember, we don't know what sickness a person has as to why they're carrying around a lot of weight. So that's, let's not really dwell on that. Well, whilst I agree with you, Jade, as a person who has been very slim and as a person who's also been fat, we're going to call it what it is. You know, a lot of us want to use politically correct terms to describe our weight issues. Um, I can tell you that most times um, being overweight has to do with lifestyle choices, lack of movement and the wrong diet. And 80% of it is actually diet. You could never exercise a day in your life. You gain different benefits from exercising for sure, but you could also never exercise a day in your life and um, still be very, very healthy. So something to be said for that. But yeah, I think we can all encourage each other in a positive way. No one is making fun of um, anyone's weight. We all have our issues. And I think if we do this together and we make it a countrywide initiative, we start walking more. We encourage all of our MPs to live healthier. Some MPs are smokers. They need to give that up, Joe, because we know what smoking does to you, to your lungs and all your other organs. Um, so there's a lot of ways I think that we can be, Jade, very, very positive and um, encourage each other and, you know, buddy up, do the, the partnering system. Remember during COVID when we started doing our little exercise segments on, on Fitness Fridays? Everybody loved it. We have to bring that back because now our lives are starting to get busy, but we need to bring that back, okay? Um, Jade is asking if it was a threesome child. I don't know what it was, to be quite frank. I don't know if they were trying a threesome. Obviously, the victim has lodged a, a complaint. So, you know, I, I mean, if the victim has lodged a complaint, she must not have been down with the threesome. You can't have a threesome with an unwilling victim. And the allegation is that they force themselves on this person. Let me just go back and have a look at my little source and see mm -hmm. what was said to me. Because, yes, child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sexually assaulted this person by force. So you can't force a threesome on somebody who's not a willing participant. You know, I know some of y'all freaky and all, but consent is always really, really important when it comes to any sort of sexual activity, folks, and most other things in life. Make sure the person's on board with it. So wondered as well, I would think Chris Saunders MP is responsible for that rule for works and immigration. We'll confirm. So I did forward that message, by the way, 
And thank you. Big shout out to Mr. Franz Manderson doing a great job. Um, and, uh, you know, he said that they're going to be updating. They're still working on all this stuff, but they will be updating the organizational chart for all of government. So here's another comment. Um, this person says, thank you, Sandra. We all love you. Tell Juliana to read her Bible again. It says, render unto Caesar all that which is Caesar's and unto God all uh, which is God's. Mm -mm -mm. But you know how it goes, child. Um, people only read the parts of the Bible that they want to read and they want to agree with. Uh, another commenter in WhatsApp says, Sandy, they need to have you give motivational talks at the schools. Well, child, as long as the children are ready for the cold hard truth, because you know that's what they're going to be getting from me. They can't be misbehaving and all this kind of stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> Jade, since once you make it in Mall Road, your name is Dean. Not all the time, Jade. People make it on Mall Road for good things. You know? By the way, let's speak on a positive note here. Do you guys remember our little friend Trevor? Now, Trevor made it on Mall Road and Trevor went viral. For all of the right reasons, he was the young man who saved uh, someone's life. And I actually got a little picture of Trevor this weekend. He is such a handsome, smart, caring young man. Really, really smart kid. I know he is going places. Look at Trevor with his little friend at Pedro Castle this weekend. Aw, they are just so cute. And they were so shy about taking their picture. Like, oh, we don't know. Um, good Caymanian kids. And guess what? Duchess Sarah Ferguson got a hold of the CMR story, I guess, about Trevor. Can you guys believe this? She is actually writing Trevor a handwritten note of thanks for saving that man's life. Is that not the most amazing thing you've heard in a while? I mean, hello. Remember when she came, she met him and she was so impressed with him. And then somehow she got a hold of the story. Child, is the Duchess reading CMR? I can't, I can't believe it. I mean, we were the only ones who covered the story, so I guess, right? Someone might have sent her the link, but oh my gosh, she is actually going to be writing him a little thank you note. Oh my gosh, that just warms my heart. He must be, oh, he's going to be so excited when he gets that. Like, honestly, that is the best. So we're planning a little something. Don't tell Trevor. We're planning a little something here uh, to do something for him. I got a big present for him yesterday. I can't tell you guys what it is because I want you to maybe, maybe we'll do it as a live, whatever. I want you to tune in live, but I got, I secured a present for him. That's really, really hard to get on this Island right now. And I'm going to like wrap it, put it in a bag. And then I've got some other people who are going to get together with me. Big shout out to Clint um, Hunter. He's going to plan like a little celebration event. I spoke to the premiere of the weekend and I'm like, premiere, I need you to do me a favor. We're going to organize a little CMR, you know, thank you for this young man. And I need you to come and do the presentations and maybe give a quick little speech. And so he said, no problem. See, this is what I love about PAC. They're on board with things. Last government. Mm. So anyway, um, you know, this is part of what we're going to do. So two more quick things. Uh, so I'll keep an eye on that situation. I was in court yesterday. Alleged child molester Caballero, I think his name was in court. 
Um, I'm going to put out something on that later on. It was one of those hearings where, unfortunately, his lawyer wasn't there. She's had a death in her family and she's traveling overseas. But the judge is saying, Magistrate Gunn is saying, I'm sick and tired of all the delays. This case involves a young victim. We need to get it moving and no more delays. So you guys better come next month and be ready to proceed with this case. I was like, oh, she was not pulling punches with nobody. So I'll put up some information on that a little bit later on. We are watching these child molestation cases very, very carefully for good reason, because I feel like our children need a child advocate. And one of these days I'm going to talk about how we can make that happen as well. So um, I had one of you reach out to me yesterday, a viewer of the show, who said, Sandy, you were mentioning your reading lists and some of the books that you have in your library. Can you repeat or print that up on Facebook? Tell us what's on your list. And I said, you know what? I've always thought another thing that we could do in this community is have a book club. Now, I think there might be, I don't know if there's like an official book, book club, but we need to do a CMR book club. And when we start a youth program, I want our young people to be doing a youth book club. So they can pick a book of the month. I don't know how long it takes you guys to read a book, but you can do audio, you can do a Kindle, whatever. We'll figure it out. And so tell me your feedback before we end today's program and what you guys think about having a CMR book club. We'll have to come up with a good name for it. And how many of you would participate in said book club? How many of you want to read more and we can read and we can discuss it and Get all into it. So how many of you would be open to having uh, a Cayman Mall Road book club? Just curious. Gage in public interest. So when I mentioned it to this young lady yesterday, she loved the idea. She's like, oh, my God, I would love a book club. And we could just go through it chapter by chapter, talk about it. I don't read fiction personally, but I think the purpose of a book club is maybe to introduce you to new material that you wouldn't ordinarily read. So the world of fiction, I'm sure, is very, very interesting. I tend to read a lot of health, self-help books and how to do something. But we have to be willing to opening up our minds. That's how we learn. That's how we grow as people. So let me know what you guys think. Sharon, you know I'm all for it. I've been begging for a register probably for 15, 20 years now. Um, Clint says, um, yes. Uh, Versona events are happy to partner with you to highlight the positive actions of our youth. I'm so excited about this clip. Thank you so much. Um, I think, I think this is wonderful and it's just the beginning. There's so much that we can do for young people. You know, it doesn't have to always be government sponsored, proud of them type ceremonies. We can do little things for them. <clears throat> Great organizations like big brothers, big sisters. Volunteer. Mm -hmm. Lily of the Valley says the police, all they do is in Cayman is drive around looking for the little man or woman. Tell them to catch the big fish like themselves. Um, someone had a bit of a chuckle yesterday. Now I've never seen this movie. But someone said that there was a movie. Let me see if I can... Hold this up really quickly. Why not end the show with a laugh? But someone was telling me that there was a movie where it's called National Security. Um, it's an older movie. 
and they said to watch this clip. So hold on one second now. It's supposed to be really funny. So let's have a moment. Um, Anne is interested in a book club. Um, okay. Cheryl Cole. Is Cheryl interested in the book club too? I think we can do it. It mightn't be everybody's cup of tea, but you know, that's the beauty of CMR is we can talk about all different cups of tea. Now, listen, one other quick thing, as you guys know, um, we are involved in litigation with Mr. John Felder. So I don't want to say too much, but I must tell you that yesterday when I was going through my uh, cases and I came across one that made me pause, I was like, what is this? Mr. Felder himself is in court and it's a bankruptcy notice under section 14 of the Bankruptcy Act. So I will make no comment except to read exactly what it says. You are required within seven days after service of this notice on you, excluding the day of such service, to pay to Winston Connolly, we all know who Winston is, the sum of CI $31,000, not including interest or legal fees and disbursements, claimed um, as a principal amount of a debt due to you by said Winston Conley or to secure a compound, blah, blah, blah. What a hot mess, Missy. Imagine that coming up in the court documents, which I have access to online. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm. We will make no further commentary on that because obviously he's looking for somebody to help him pay them bills. Uh, Larry's in for the book club. All right. I'm feeling it here. I think this is a idea that we could definitely work with. Okay, so let's watch this. Um, give me one second here. Let's watch this comedic relief. Great day to end our great way to end our program. So I haven't watched this, by the way. So I hope there's nothing in it that's going to offend anybody. But if it does, just laugh it off. Don't be so easily offended. All right. So apparently the name of the movie is called National Security. And someone said um, about the police story and kind of going back to that comment that someone made about sometimes they need to be looking internally at what's going on in the police force, that this was kind of funny. All right. So let's have a watch of it. I tell you how to find a dirty cop. Pick up the phone and call the police station. Don't really matter who answers. <laughs> I tell you how to find a dirty cop. Pick up the phone and call the police station. Don't really matter who answers. Oh my gosh. Ooh, that's a kick in the knee. It's all the good cops out there, but it says, I'll tell you how to find a, a, a dirty cop. Pick up the phone and call the police station. It don't matter who answers. Yikes. Now we know that most cops don't fall into that category, but that is kind of funny. All right, good folks, don't forget your vaccination schedule for April and May. Um, if you're not yet vaccinated, go out and consider it. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm edging ever so closer to getting it done. Go get vaccinated, folks. Uh, here's the vaccination schedule for this week going into the 1st of May. And then the following week, if you have any questions, about the vaccination schedule, you can contact the HSA directly and they'll be happy to assist you. Vaccinations, the COVID-19 vaccine clinic location continues to be the Owen Roberts International Airport and it's available to all persons 16 years and over. 
And now it's open to all surnames and all age categories. So get out there and uh, get it done, folks. All right, face mask is required, don't forget. Miss Alice, Larry, all of you, join me in wishing this beauty a happy birthday. One of K-Man's own beautiful voice, I must tell you. None other than Vashti Bodden, K-Man's songbird. So Vashti, we wish you a happy birthday today. I saw her a couple days ago. I think it was at the grocery store. I can't remember exactly where, but I did see her recently. Uh, don't know how old she is, but she looks beautiful. Always does. Happy birthday, Vashti. Wishing you all the best on your birthday. Good, folks. That's all she wrote for today. You guys have a wonderful day. I've got a couple meetings. I need to meet up with some people, working behind the scenes, getting some stuff done. You know, we are very, very busy around here. Don't be calling me later on for any marital advice. I'm going to refer you to the professionals on that one. But you guys have a wonderful day. Uh, be safe. Be good. And um, let everybody know you've got a voice. Yes. Wonderful. All right, good folks. Happy birthday. Greetings coming in for Vashti. And we will see you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.